0: Player Profiler Nation, welcome to the latest episode of the Trade Gods. I am joined by my co-host, my fellow Trade God brethren, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Jason Allwine. What is going on, Jay?
2: Hey, man, n- nothing too much. Ready to talk some trades? Ready to, you know, ham it up with you? Ready uh-huh. to, you know, just just do it all, man. This is this is the best night of the week every every week.
0: You just gonna sit there and play coy, cool? not act like you debuted a freaking awesome show here on the network this week? You just gonna sit there and not bring it up?
2: I mean, you know, it is what it is, but I, I like, I like doing this more, you know, with you, my friend. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, man, baby, trade gods yeah, all day. Well, I'm glad that you like doing this show with me, Jason, because we have a fantastic show planned out for today. Uh, of course, we're gonna hit WTF, which does not stand exactly what you think it does. It is the witch trade is fair. We got yep. some buys and some sells, but. It's not just you or I's buy and sells tonight, right? Isn't there a surprise going on today, Jason?
2: Oh, there's a big, big, fantastic, super special surprise.
0: Oh, and I, you know what? Let's just stop it. Let's just get right into it. Let's get into the show, ladies and gents. So tonight we are joined by the very first guest in Trade God's History. Jason, please do us the pleasure. Introduce our very special guest.
2: Oh, boy. All right, so. If all of you know this at this point I'm running the Instagram and our very very great friend over at, at Fantasy Guys on Instagram. Go check them out. We have the the mastermind behind that page, the fantastic man Steve Rippy himself joining us tonight and I could not be more excited. Steve, how you doing?
1: I'm excited. I'm on I'm on the Player Profile Brands podcast. I'm on with Jason Jason, we did some start sit advice this off season. Uh, Maddie, I listen to you. You know, I listen to your podcast, so this I'm excited. I sh- I'm the one that's excited. You guys don't need to be quite as excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's going to be a great show. Uh, if you've checked us out before, we're going to hit you with the which trade's fair. So we sent you some trades. We got three on deck today. So let's jump right on into WTF, which trade is fair? Which trades fair? So the first trade tonight that we will talk about is a little bit of a, it's a, it's a hefty one. It's a it's a package for a player, Kyler Murray, Terry McLaurin, Kadarius Toney, and a 2023 second round pick. It is the 204, and Team B is acquiring Jalen Hurts in a 2024 first Holy cannoli. Steve, you are a guest. So you get first crack at this blockbuster. What's your, what's your thoughts on it?
1: You know, my first thought is it kind of all depends on how you feel about Kyler Murray and how you feel about his recovery. Um, I think the ACL, it's a pretty common injury these days, and we know it's going to take a year. So I think you're if you're making this trade, you're, 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 you're knowing that you're probably not getting full Kyler Murray this upcoming season. But given the fact that he's pretty much the same age as Jalen Hurts came in one year ahead of him. I I, I kind of like team A just a little bit more. Um, because Kyler Murray, he's been a top five quarterback for the past three seasons. And if he can get back to let's just say top seven, you know, if he can get close to the 20 points per game, he's mm-hmm. money for. And then you get Terry McLaurin on top of it, you get Katarius Toney, and you get that second. I think I like that one a little bit more. It's very, it's very very even though i will say there's not like a for me it's not like a slam dunk oh i'm definitely taking
2: a or b yeah
0: you one team didn't dunk on the other no so what's your <laughs> thoughts here what do you think yeah man? it's a
2: big one it's a big deal it's a pretty big trade yeah and what kyler was my buy candidate last last week maybe two weeks ago so mm-hmm. it, it's definitely hitting close to home and I'm, I'm gonna echo a little bit of steve i mean yeah we know it we know that kyler murray is one of the best fantasy football quarterbacks when healthy um Man, but I'm just also maybe, maybe it's recency bias. Maybe it's recency bias, but there's just something about acquiring Jalen Hurts that makes you feel so, so good. And you know, we've got Jahan Dotson coming into Washington. We don't quite know what Kadarius Tony's gonna be, which I mean, Jesus, he was he was a buy candidate for me a few weeks ago too. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe it should be taking team A, but I, I, this is getting getting ahead of myself, probably one of the closer trades we've looked at in this show ever. Um and At this point in time, not knowing how long Kyler Murray's going to be playing next season, if at all, um, I'm probably taking the Jalen Hurts side. But, I mean, man, we're talking about week six and we're hearing Kyler Murray's about to return. I mean, then Team A has, you know, they're laughing their way to the bank, no doubt about it.
0: You know it's an even trade when you have to truly get down into the weeds and really kind of split hairs. because, you know, this trade, when I look at it, it kind of comes down to a few different factors. Like Steve mentioned, how do you view Kyler Murray? Are you okay with potentially not having a starting quarterback like Kyler Murray all season? Another factor is Kadarius Tony. If Kadarius Toney is, is a really utilized weapon in that offense, someone you can rely on, this makes this trade a hell of a lot better for Team A. In the 204 in this year's draft, I mean, you're going to come away with a potentially viable fantasy option. Devon A-Chain, uh, Tajay Spears, maybe the tight end one in this class. All of those are options at that spot. Again, the, the 2024 first certainly bolsters the other side because if you know this team doesn't have Kyler Murray all year, they might not be that good. So what if this 2024 first is a top five to eight pick? It again sways it, but I think on, on on the surface in terms of my opinion of these players, I'm going to slightly side with side A, although mm. getting Jalen does feel uh, like an accomplishment in fantasy for sure, especially yeah. after the last two seasons. He's been so good in the fantasy productor, productor, uh, pr- producer, no doubt about it. But, you know, Kyler comes back. All of a sudden, maybe, you know, pew, 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 shots. Maybe he has, <laughs> he's onto something, and, and they can really get the thing going. So, yeah, it all comes down to, like you said, Steve, down to Kyler. But, uh, Steve, you know kind of sometimes is what we're looking with here. We, we try to work with some absolute bangers. For oh, WTF. I love the, the
1: blockbuster ones. When you you guys, if you're on Sleeper, and those ones come through, that's the oh, one yeah. that gets everybody commenting. You know, these <laughs> – yeah. These like picks for picks, like here's a first for a second or two seconds and a third. Like nobody ever comments on those, but <laughs> but it, something like this, it'll get the chat going for sure.
0: And it's always 50 50. It's if everyone yep. who had interest in the the player that was traded away, this trade's terrible, boo, get him <laughs> out of the league. Everyone who's like, oh, they're like, this trade's cool. Oh, everyone's it's fun. Everyone has an opinion on a blockbuster, uh, but that's why we love it. That's why we I, love I'll bet pace. you,
1: I'll bet you with this one. This one, the person that got Jalen Hurts, every would, would be siding with the Hurts side. Yeah. I think people – I actually posted about this uh, last week about Kyler Murray, and I just put a, a headline. I bet you didn't know that he averaged more points per game than Justin Fields with the caveat if you remove that, that game that he got injured in. Against your Patriots, man. The Patriots,
0: yeah. He was injured in the first drive. It was the, the third, third play, play of the game. game.
1: Yeah. Third play of the game, he got injured.
0: And he and was going to go off that game. You could tell he was going to go berserk that
1: game. Well, he got hurt on a run, you know, yeah. and, and just a non-contact. But he, uh, you remove that game, his points per game go from uh, what he had, eighteen points per game to twenty points per game. And I think mm-hmm. most don't, most casuals, the, the sharp person will know this, but the casuals don't realize that.
0: Yeah, that, and that, that makes a huge, huge difference when inva- evaluating a trade like this. A guy of that caliber, you get him plus those other assets. Yeah, absolutely the type of trade that you're looking to make. Obviously, Team A was uh, looking to sell, uh, or Team B was willing to sell a few assets to get their guy. Uh, Let's move on to the second trade. This is the old classic one-for-one, stud for stud. Team A is getting Travis ETN. Team B is getting Drizzy, Drake, London. Jason, what are your opening thoughts on this one-for-one running back for wide receiver Swaparoo?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, last week I was selling Drake London, so it should be no surprise I'm probably taking the Travis Etienne side here. Um, without getting really into too much of the analysis, I guess. Um, but now to dive dive further, you know, I I, I feel like you're going to want any piece of the Jacksonville Jaguars offense next season, any piece. And one of the reasons I didn't really like Drake London going into next season is Arthur Smith, and obviously he's going to at least be there next year. So I mean I understand this is dynasty and everything, but again I still think it's going to take an entire new coaching staff to fully unlock the talent that Drake London does have. Again, not knocking his talent. Uh, so so I'm going to be taking the Travis Etienne side. But what I love about these one for one trades, and we've talked about it on many episodes. Obviously, Team A needed a running back. Mm-hmm. Team B needed a wide receiver. So you and I mean they're both young. Everything. So I mean at at the at the very core, this is a fair equal trade. For me, I, I'm, I'm going to take the upside swing with ETN, even if he didn't reach expectations in 22.
0: Fair, fair. Definitely, uh, um, when, you, when you see one of these trades, you know that it's a need trade. So it's tough to truly bury either side, because if you needed this, you may not have a surplus of the, the position you're trading away. But Steve, when you see this ETN for Drizzy Drake side, where are you leaning here? Do you want the running back, or do you want Drake?
1: I think it, it depends on how good I think my team's going to be next year. I'm uh, mm-hmm. saying Travis Etienne, some old back that I only get one or two good years, but he's going into his age 24 season. Drake London doesn't even turn 22 till July, so if I've got a younger team, if I've got a team that I don't think's like gonna win it this year, or or is maybe an underdog, I like the Drake London side. Um, now you guys have heard of this website PlayerProfiler.com, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I I learned on there Drake London ranked fifth in uh, target share. And second, second in target rate last year as a rookie. Um, And he ranked 11th in yards per route run and 14 fantasy points per route run. So what that shows me, he's a very efficient wide receiver doing very good things as a rookie uh, thing, I'd say. Um, That offense, just Arthur Smith doesn't really know what he's doing (laughs) as far Mm -hmm. as utilizing the actual weapons he has. Um, But that, that won't last forever eventually, you know, we just saw it with the Eagles this year. They they went from being one of the most run-heavy teams in the league to kind of being a little more middle of the pack. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that with the Falcons this year or, heck, they could flip the script and, and go real pass-heavy. So, I think overall, I like the Drake-London side a little bit more, um, but again, I, I think it kind of depends on what you're, what you're looking to do this upcoming season because I do think that ETN more likely has the better season this year.
0: Certainly a fair trade. I can't really get on either side i can't really uh you know i can't i can't really fault either team for making this trade but i think i'm gonna side with the drake london part of it like you said steve super efficient and if arthur smith gets himself a more vet a better passing quarterback if that passing volume increases drake london can truly be a a very very special player we saw him let in college be absolutely dominant uh, he was in the 99th percentile for breakout age, so he did mm-hmm. it young. He's come in. He was a, a high draft pick. And on the ETN side, Doug Peterson was at the Combine today talking about the importance of the running back by committee strategic approach, which tells me maybe they're not going to open up the you know ETN in the passing game. He saw basically his max was three targets last year, started a bunch of times and didn't really go over that mark a whole lot, if at all. So I don't know if ETN's going to be that bell cow do-it-all three-down guy that we know he's capable of, of, where I could see Drake becoming that really, really, really smashing wide receiver once that Arthur Smith offense gets a little bit more passing volume. So give me the Drake London side, but so far we are two for two when it comes to trades. And if you're wondering where we get these trades, we go over to playaprofiler.com, use the Trade Finder tool, and... If you want to get the Trade Finder tool, it's easy. No. You can get it right there in the old Dynasty Deluxe section. And if that's not all you want, you want the whole thing? You want the no! all-in package? You, you want this. the all-in package? Use the promo code... Jason! No, no <laughs> Jason! We're a team! We have our own! We have a team one! Okay, we can use the team one. Is it trade or is it gods? It's trade, right? I thought we just... I- I didn't know we had a trade one, to be honest. We do I we tra- Maddie Jason and then just up to work. You know, talk to the hand, Jason. Talk to the hand. You know what? Because of because so his, what they're
1: saying is promo code fantasy guides and
0: yeah. <laughs> you tiebreaker. Well, use the promo code Maddie and get ten dollars off. The Jason one is no longer active. I have <laughs> I have made sure of that uh, as of 15 seconds ago because of Jason's unwillingness to be a team player for our promo code. But either way. If you want to use the promo code Jason, want to use the the trade promo code or Maddie, you can get $10 off the All-In package. And you can use the Trade Finder, which shows you type in a name, it brings it up, and you can look at all these different trades throughout all these different league markets on what went down. And that helps you kind of set a parameter of what you're looking for. So if you want to do that, go ahead and get to playprofile.com and use the Trade Finder. Now, trade number three, this one, (laughs) it's going to be fun. I might have to shut off my, my earpods for this one as you guys talk about it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell, tell you why. <laughs> team A acquired Jacoby Myers, Pat Fryermuth, Traylon Burks, the 213, and the 203. And Team B, received Tyreek Hill, K, KJ Hamler. Is it KJ Hamler? Why am I all of a sudden having a brain grab? You've made me have a brain grab. No, oh, you're oh. right. <laughs> Albert Akui Boonum. See, I nailed that one. Nice. In the 110 in this year's draft. So, Steve, how do you see this trade, this massive trade? Uh, how does it play out in your mind? Uh,
1: you know, for me, it kind of looks like, let's just say, the, the Tyreek Hill side, you got 100 bucks, And it looks like the Team 2 is paying for that $100 with, like, 520s. You know, it just feels like a lot of pieces. They're They're yeah. decent pieces, but I'm not super excited about any of those pieces. I'm not – I'm just I'm just medium. I'm meh on Traylon Burks a little bit going forward. I think he'll be fine. Jacoby Myers just feels like a flex guy, you know, on your roster. And then second round rookie picks, I I do like that they're the ones the two oh three. You know, you just mentioned some of those guys that you could get. Mm -hmm. You know, the early part of the second round, but I'm gonna take the Tyreek side. I know what I got in him. I think I got two more elite seasons out of him, Uh, and even beyond those two seasons, I think he could still be like a top twelve wide receiver for another maybe his age thirty one season, mm-hmm. the age mm-hmm. thirty-two season, kind of like we saw with um well I think what we could have seen with Antonio Brown, you know, if he right if he stayed on the field. Um and then the one ten, I like that pick this year. So yeah, I for me it was kind of easy. I like the Tyree kill side.
0: Jason? Yeah.
2: First tread I lightly, to... Jason,
0: tread lightly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want to commend you for saying uh, Albert O's last name because that's something I'll never do <laughs> I just say <laughs> Albert O
1: I don't think I've ever said it I, I've only said the O <laughs> <laughs> I have
0: to I have to give a shout out to Matt Kelly his pronunciation was so on point that it stuck in my head and now <laughs> I'm just confident saying Albert <laughs> <laughs> Um
2: shout out Robert Ortiz in the chat for bringing up the Steve Smith stuff from years and years and years Ooh. ago that we That's out. a good one too <laughs> so anyway um oh i know what he's talking okay <laughs> but anyway i'm glad that for some reason they've joined our show trade gods just to do that um but anyway in terms of this trade i do really love the analogy paying for 100 bucks with 520s um because like you said we know what we've got with tyreek hill i i mean you're a broncos fan steve so maybe you could talk about this a little bit more than me but I really, really do hope Albert O has a little bit of a bigger role. Granted Dulcich is there. So maybe not too much, um, definitely more of a throw in at this point, but, um, we have seen some health concerns with Dulcich. So there could be a point where Alberto does hit, uh, at least, uh, three or four games where he's the only tight end on the Broncos. I'm not even going to talk about KJ Hamler. Um, I think he had his chance last season, but with Tim Patrick coming back, I think he's at this point more of a non-factor. Um, Man, but then going to team A, Jacoby Myers, best free agent, wide receiver on the market. Best one. Pat Fryermuth, I'll talk about him a little bit more. He's a guy. Um, and then Traylon Burks. <laughs> Traylon Burks, I like his ceiling. I really, really love his ceiling. We know what it is. And especially in, in terms of being a hardcore man, dude wrestles and kills hogs. That's pretty badass. Um, so, So that's really, really cool. And then getting two two second round picks and a pretty pretty loaded rookie class, I might add, is is nice. It's nice. Um, if Traylon Burks hits the ceiling, I'm taking Team A. However, however, I I don't I, I I don't know if he's gonna do it. I don't know if he's gonna do it. This t- this Tennessee Titans team just it looks broken to me. It just looks broken to me. We're going into Derrick Henry's probably last season as the king. Um, Malik Willis. I, I think he's going to start. That's some speculation right there, but I think it's going to be him. The Titans can free up $18 million in cap by releasing Ryan Tannehill. And they're already under the cap. They're already under the cap. They've got to work some magic. So I, I just, I, mm, I'm sorry, Maddie, because I know this is you on hey. TV. <laughs> Way to but bury think, the lead there, son. I'm just, um. I think I'm taking Tyreek Hill there. I agree. I agree. I think, I think we overvalue age a little bit too much in Dynasty, and I want to say he's 28, 29. And, I mean, yeah, he's got two or three more seasons left in him. He's got two or three more seasons left in him, and he's quarterback-proof. He's quarterback-proof. So I, I think I'm taking the Tyreek Hill side, but, I mean, it, it's still very fair. It's still very fair.
0: So, first of all, Robert Ortiz in the chat. Jason and I were not at player profile when that was happening, so don't besmirch our names. Second of all, show me the receipts on where you thought Cooper Cup was any good. Because clearly you probably didn't. You probably suck at fantasy. But thanks for joining the show. And I'm glad you're a fan of us. Uh, but anyway, let me go ahead and uh, surprise those plot twist here. This is my trade that I made in the TGIF. I am on the side getting the pieces over Tyreek Hill. And the funny thing is, the way you guys broke down the $100 bill or the four, the five twenties. s was actually the exact reason why I did this trade. Yeah, I look at my team now as a, a laundry list of assets. There are no starters. There are no bench because there are no fantasy points. And what I was looking to do was take my, uh, uh, let's call it, this is the analogy that was used on the game plan when we were talking about tearing down when I had Adam and Mike on from 40 Chess. I took my $500 stock and I turned it into five $100 stocks, hoping that a few of them shoot up in value. I could sell off some of those. Now, if this was September, I can tell you guys as two of my buddies here in confidence, I ain't making this trade. I am not selling Tyreek Hill if we're getting into the season. But at this point in the year, I'm telling myself, okay, Trelon Burks, If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Tennessee Titans, Derek Carr goes to the Tennessee Titans, none of that can be completely ruled out. We've seen crazier things happen. Traylon Burks' stock will skyrocket. Jacoby Myers is going to get a massive contract when that happens. His value should go up. I'm a huge fan of Pat Frymuth. You guys stick around because we're going to talk about Booth in a little bit. Yeah, hey, but
1: I'm not the one that said he was just a guy that was Jason.
0: No, no, we, we <laughs> Jason Listen, we do not get into it. We don't get into it. But you know, I completely understand what were, you know, the criticisms of this trade. The highest pick and the best player went to the same team. And on the surface, that just doesn't look like good process here. But when I looked at my roster, my looked at my team build, I thought I could take Tyreek Hill, split him into a number of yep. different assets. I've already had offers for Pat Fryamuth that could help me truly build off this. I'm gonna sit back on them. I wanna wait. But the two hundred three and the two hundred thirteen, I think I can get viable players there. And as opposed to getting the one pick, the one shot at it at the one ten, I wanted the two the two chances because I think that this draft class is going to prove to be very very good throughout the entire second round. So I I definitely understand the criticisms. This trade could absolutely come back and bite me in the old keister because Tyreek Hill does have those two years. Everything you guys have said about his skill set and about him being quarterback proof, I completely agree with it. He is an absolute beast in fantasy. And to be completely honest i could see myself trying to trade back for him closer to the season i could because he is that good but uh i just had that was more of a trade court segment than which trade is fair because i can't i can't i have i'm biased i made this trade here but i wanted to to bring it up in front of you guys and and let me and you guys could kind of give me your opinions here so to summarize these three trades and then this is the fun part we get to pick which one we think is the most fair first trade team a got Kyler murray terry mclaurin Kadarius Toney, in the 204, and traded away Jalen Hurts and got another additional 24 first. Second trade we talked down was a one-for-one running back for receiver Drizzy Drake London for Travis Etienne. And then the best trade that's ever happened in the history of fantasy football where one team got five great assets and traded away four bums. Just kidding. It was a very, very fair trade. So now that we've gone through each of the three trades, Steve, which one do you think is the most fair? WTF?
1: Well, I think the easy one, the most fair would be probably ETN and Drake, the one for one, you know, it, the other ones, there's, there's a lot of pieces to them. It's, it's a lot of, uh, three and four for one type deals, you Mm -hmm. know, and this is the one that's a one for one. So yeah, I would say the ETN Drake London feels the most fair.
0: Absolutely. Jason, what you got here? Which, which trade is most fair to you?
2: Yeah, I'm agreeing with that logic there. I mean, obviously both teams have their needs met on this trade and they're both youngish you know, going to ETN and then very young Drake London. Uh, these are building blocks for dynasty teams, needs met, all of that fun stuff. So that's, that's probably the most fair
0: on surface. I Initially, I thought this would be the, my pick as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But after we kind of went through it and just hearing kind of Steve's analysis on Kyler Murray. I'm going to go with trade one being the most fair because I do agree what he was saying. If you believe in Kyler Murray long term and if you believe he's going to get back to that 20 point a game type of player, that top five to seven QB in Dynasty, I think this trade is the most fair because I think you have a chance now to have two starters plus that 204. I really, really like that. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that is my pick for the most fair trade. And we actually have a a system here, Steve, where we can declare a winner on mm. which trade is the most fair. And how do we do that? We ran all three of these trades through the Trade Analyzer on playerprofile.com. Go ahead and rewind about, I don't know, 10 minutes, and you'll get my whole spiel on why you should use the promo code Maddie and not Jason to get the <laughs> all-in package. But I won't do that again. So we have all three trades ran through the Trade Finder. First, I'm going to start with trade number three because none of us picked it. So let's get it out of the way. Trade Analyzer agrees with Mr. Kiwoom. I'm going to tell you right now. Trade analyzer has my side favor by over 100 lifetime value points. So maybe I am part machine. I've always said it on the show, right, Jason? I am
2: a cyborg, apparently. Yeah, yeah. The machine
0: tends to agree with me.
2: Yeah, Maddie is short for machine.
0: <laughs> I like that because the Burt Kreischer movie is coming out soon and I am the machine. I like that. Very, very good. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's rewind to trade number one. Yep. This was probably the closest trade that we've ever seen according to the trade analyzer but is it even more fair than the second trade it is actually it is the most fair trade that we talked about tonight the trade analyzer actually has the first trade we talked about the the two qbs plus being swapped as an under one point difference in lifetime value points the closest we've ever seen the other trade was absolutely very fair under 30 points and we're talking about Mm -hmm. a, a percentage points here so 28 points overall between the two it's kind of a pick them there so it's definitely fair but looks like i am crowned the winner of the best trade of all time <laughs> and this segment so that's going to wrap up wtf we also have some buys and some sells that we cannot wait to dive into so why don't we stop dragging our feet and jump right on in Let's it's go. time to buy and sell so it is custom on this show for me to kick it to Jason to see if we are going to start with the buys and sells. But we are joined by a special guest today, Jason. So I'm going to kick it to you, Steve. Should we start with the buys or the sell?
1: Uh, let's go with a buy. I, want, I always want the good news first.
0: Okay. <laughs> Three buys that we are going to feature tonight. Steve is talking about why you should buy low on Najee Harris. Jason is talking about why you should buy quarterback Desmond Ritter. And I believe you should buy chase Claypool. Huh? What? <laughs> I'll get into it for a second, but Steve, the floor is yours. Why should people buy low on Najee Harris? Uh,
1: just based on the, the high expectations that he had uh, going into the season. Um, I, honestly, I didn't have as high of expectations. I don't know if you guys did as well, but I think in general, where he was being drafted, people expected big things. They expected the Najee Harris from the previous season and they just didn't get it. He was much worse than he was last year, but he wasn't quite as bad as I I feel like people think he still finishes the RB 14 on the season. And I think if you asked the average fantasy fan, like, Hey, do you know where Najee Harris finished last year? I feel like most people would think "Oh, outside the top 24 easily. Like, I just think that's the perception that I've felt from people and he's, you know Miles Sanders everyone talked about how good of a comeback season he had well he fin- he did worse than Najee Harris uh, Damian Pierce was before he got injured was being talked about he averaged less points per game than Najee Harris uh, mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker did worse than Najee Harris so i think the thing is it's it's all about the value i think his value is suppressed right now i think mm-hmm. next year uh, the other thing i'm sorry the other thing i meant to bring up was he was the rb20 versus uh, rb20 through the first 13 weeks uh, and he was the rb Eight after that Mm. so he really turned it on in the second half of the season i think part of it was that that whatever was in his shoe or his foot liz (laughs) frank
0: yeah that liz frank injury oh that's what it was
1: yeah it was the liz frank injury i think that slowed him down and i think he was the running back we wanted him to be for the like last half of the season the problem is the people that drafted him they were like out of the playoffs you know because Mm. good point so they got a they got a bad taste in their mouth they want to get rid of him but I, I kind of feel like he's a temporary buy. Like I want to buy him for 2023 and then I'll probably look to sell him because he's, hmm. he came into the league a little bit older. He's already 25 years old. Right. That means you use him for this age 25 season, kind of a peak season for him. And then I think his value will be really high. And, and then I'll probably look to get out next year. That's my that's my take my long winded take on uh, what I think of. Najee no, <laughs> we definitely
0: want you to dive into it. Everyone listening loves this type of analysis because you know Dynasty doesn't end. It never sleeps, and you can still make trades right now. You know, I mean, let's cut to fifteen seconds ago when I made the best trade of all time. and we talked about it, um, <laughs> but Steve, Steve, how do you see his twenty twenty three? Do you see it? Closer to the you know running back fourteen of twenty twenty two, or do you see it kind of that peak of twenty twenty one where he really killed it and was a top ten option?
1: I don't think it'll be what we saw um in twenty twenty
0: one.
1: That Ben Roethlisberger dump offs the, the same thing we see from Philip Rivers, or we saw mm-hmm. from Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. Those are gold mines that you want that, and he's not going to get that. I think that the what do you have ninety six receptions his rookie year? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we see that. Um, I think he was if I'm just below 20 points per game that year. I'd say somewhere in between the two. I- I'm guessing he's going to be close to like 17 points per game next year, you know, which would be like four points per game improvement from this year. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm banking on is a let's just say like an RB four to eight finish is kind of what I'm thinking.
0: That would be a great season, and you touched upon his inconsistency between the first half and the second half. If you kind of flatten that out and give it consistent performance, I don't think people are as down on him like you mentioned. It's the fact that the teams that took him in the first round, second round uh, in 2022 were buried by the time he was starting cooking. So Absolutely. that definitely presents such a great buying opportunity on a good player. So I, I like that analysis on Najee Harris for sure. Jason, tell us why everyone listening should buy into Desmond Ritter.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hey, all right. So I'm living here in Atlanta, and obviously, you know, I see some extra Falcons stuff. And one thing I saw on Instagram yesterday, maybe two days ago, was this quote from Terry Fontenot. Uh, Somebody asked him, what is one prospect from last year's combine that stood out to you? And he said, I went through all my notes from last year's combine, and the one player that stood out to me was Desmond. He said, "Um, we were talking about a game from two years ago, and he could tell me the game plan going into that game. He could tell me how that game went, and he could tell me what he should have done better. And he said his confidence that he exuded, the type of player that he seemed to be, All of these things that you want to hear a GM talk about their quarterback is something that Terry Fontenot said. He said that we really felt his presence and confidence, and it has not changed since. I think the one thing that's been lowering Desmond Raider's value is that he didn't have a great rookie campaign. He didn't, but he did have a decent finish to the season last game of the year. Decent. I'm saying decent. Mm -hmm. Um, And you look at his player profile, 95th percentile burst, 97th percentile 40. That is just perfect for the Falcons' offense. And all off season, we kind of have been hearing rumors about how they're shopping around. They're going to bring in Lamar Jackson. They're going to bring in Trey Lance. None of that stuff's happening anymore. Trey Lance is staying in San Francisco because Brock Purdy's probably not starting. And the Baltimore Ravens GM came out today and said they have up to six plans on how to bring back Lamar Jackson. Six plans to bring back <laughs> Lamar Jackson. So I, I I just think Desmond Ritter's going to be starting. They have enough needs on that team to where they're not going to be using that pick on quarterback. And I, I mean, I think he fits the system well enough in in all these, in all of these things that I just think they roll right with him again. And if he sucks, they know that they'll have a really high draft pick to go get Caleb Williams in 2024. But right now I think Desmond Ritter is going to be the starter in 23 and he is not priced that way, especially in super flex leagues.
0: Well, that was going to be my question to you in a super flex league. Let's say you don't roster Ritter. So you're going to take your advice, and they're going to go out and and try to buy. Let's just say it costs what typically a starting quarterback costs in Superflex for this situation. Are you willing to pay market value at probably the mid to high range knowing there is a chance that if Lamar shakes loose, et cetera, they could potentially get a guy like that? Or are you ready to pay the price because you believe that this is the 2023 quarterback for the Falcons?
2: Let me tell you this. I sent out a trade offer in the trade God's league for Desmond Ritter. It got declined and I probably could have spent up more. I got asked. I, I got asked for a lot more than I was willing to pay. I was asked to trade Kenny Pickett and I wasn't mm-hmm. going to do that. I was not going to do that. I offered my 108 for 113 and Ritter. I was thinking, you know, maybe just slide five spots back and get a rookie that isn't that valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, at least compared to the 108 in a super flex league. Um, and I, I thought I'd be able to do it. it I, I wasn't, I wasn't able to do it. Um, I think that there is a tier of starting quarterback where I would offload for Desmond Ritter. I think that's going to be any one of the aging veterans. I think I would be sending a Matthew Stafford for Desmond Ritter. I think I maybe would be sending Derek Carr. Maybe. Maybe. That might have to wait until we see his landing spot. Um, yeah. I would be sending Ryan Tannehill, for sure. I would be sending mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, some leagues you might even be able to send good old Kyle Trask. I would be doing that. Purdy, <laughs> I would be doing that. Um, all of, I I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers. I might be sending for Desmond Ritter if I'm feeling really spicy. Um, but that's just me willing to take a gamble. That's just me willing to take a gamble. And I mean, look, Russian quarterbacks are the key to success, especially in super flex leagues. So I, I, I mean, I really think you're going to get it. I really think you're going to get it with him. I really do.
0: I I, I think I'm willing to buy into Desmond Ritter, but I don't know if I'm going top of the market value because the timing of it, if you would have gone after him a week or two ago, there's still that Marcus Mariota variable floating around. Now that he's out, it's absolutely Ritter if they don't go ahead and and make a move there. So I'm definitely looking to buy because I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a mountain for the the Falcons to bring in a vet at this point. I don't know if they're going to have the opportunity to uh, get a quarterback because I think when the dust settles, I think all the teams, you know, the the Falcons, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Buccaneers, even at 19, if any of them want to get one of those top four quarterbacks, I think they're going to have to get it well within, you know, that top six or so range. I think there's an absolute chance that we see. Four quarterbacks taken right off the bat, so uh, I don't know if I'm willing to pay top of the market, but I am willing to to pay for Desmond I would say that would be hilarious if you traded Derek Carr for Ritter, and then Derek Carr goes to the
2: Falcons. That would be <laughs> just <crazy. laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so I mean, to kind of go back to what you said about Mariota, I mean, there is an argument to be made that since they released Mariota, they're expecting Ritter to be the backup. I mean, like that—that's that's, that's possible some sort of logic. And I mean, the Falcons, I want to say, have the second most cap, so I mean, they have room to make moves. But I mean, you could also argue that those moves are going to be used to uh, upgrade an already really good offensive line, bring mm-hmm. in another another good weapon, or just, you know, finally shore up that defense that has so many holes on it. So I, I don't know. I, the Falcons have so many ways that they can go that I just think Desmond Ritter is the most fun dart throw to take. I'm not really, like Kyle Pitts is so expensive. Drake London is so expensive. Um, I don't, I'm not in on Tyler Algier. I'm not mm-hmm. in. So if, I, mm-hmm. I, if I'm going to take a piece in the Falcons offense, it's going to be Ritter.
0: The thing I do like about Ritter, you just mentioned it. Even if you if you get him for the right price and he's the backup in Atlanta, He still holds a little bit of value in Superflex. If you're in a super deep league like the TGIF where we're 14-team Superflex where I've been scrounging for quarterbacks, trading for the likes of Baker Mayfield and all those type of bums, you know, you're trying to just get quarterbacks at this point. So I think overall the point is correct. Ritter should be a buy. Uh, For me, I'm just tempering my price tag. I just need to make sure that I'm coming in at the right price and I'm not overspending. But talk about doing the opposite of overspending. I'm saying buy Chase Claypool because I think that the value on him has – it's plummeted. It's gone really, really downhill. He did not have a single double-digit performance in Chicago. But I'm looking to buy because he's so cheap because let's just go down the hypothetical road here. Let's go down narrative street. What if the Bears don't attack the wide receiver position? Or let's say they get a Jacoby Myers. They spend at the top of the market, get Jacoby Myers. There's still a role for Chase Claypool in this offense if they get a guy that goes over the middle. They spent the 32nd overall pick. Remember, the Dolphins don't have a first-rounder, so they basically traded a first-rounder for Chase Claypool. They're not going to give up on this kid. They think that they have a weapon in the 6'4", 238-pound guy who can run a 4-4-2 his speed scores burst score are both above the 90th percentile he's an athlete his best player comparable on PlayerProfiler.com is Brandon Marshall I think a guy like that if he can find his way in this offense if he can take his game to a just a little bit next level a Brandon Marshall type can absolutely succeed where Justin you know Fields didn't show that he's the most precise passer a guy who can go up and get it, a guy who can go run after, a guy with blazing speed in crazy size can be beneficial. And in the seven games on the Bears, he did see four of them with five or more targets. Now, you can argue, well, he didn't do shit with it, and that's a fair point. But he was seeing some targets, and if this offense takes a step forward, the offensive line improves, they build a more competent, consistent, downfield marching type of offense, I think Chase Claypool can be not a stud in fantasy but absolutely a starter in your flex position. And if you can get him at the dirt cheap rock bottom prices that he's probably going for now, I think I'm going to look to do that. So, Steve, do you have any thoughts on on Desmond Ritter or Chase Claypool? I do, but
1: I'm hesitant to say. (laughs) Let it go. Let it go.
2: (laughs) Yeah, dude. Attack us.
1: I'm not probably looking to buy either one of them.
0: Okay, that's uh, the next show. Uh, that you guys are listening. We'll come back next week without sorry. Steve. I'm just kidding. Sorry, okay, no. Steve. Go ahead. no, no, I, no. I, and
1: I was into Desmond Ritter going into this last season. Uh, yeah. I drafted him uh, in just a single. This wasn't in a super flex league, but in a single quarterback lead. I I think I took him in like the late third round or something as my kind of a backup quarterback. And I think the problem is I don't know. Like he didn't show anything this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. I, I've also drafted Jalen Hurts in the past as a rookie. I took him. He was a third-round pick in a Dynasty League. And Jalen Hurts, also a third-round NFL draft pick. He showed us something. You know, there was those big spike weeks his rookie year with Philadelphia. Toro was like, okay, I, I could see this. I could see this guy being a cheat code quarterback with that rushing upside. Desmond Ritter, we just didn't really see it. I mean, he had – I had it pulled up here, but I, he had like 38 rushing yards in his first start. And then it was like nine, eight, nine, nothing to get excited about. He only threw two touchdown passes in those five games. I i just don't know that he's that good. He wasn't a very accurate quarterback in college. Um, I, and, and Maddie, you were saying that you think all those quarterbacks will be gone uh, by the time Atlanta picks at seven? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I, and you're, it's it's possible that, that they're all gone. I'm just wondering what if you know, what if like Will Levis slips? You know, mm-hmm. what if any of these quarterbacks slip? I think Atlanta will have to draft one of those guys if if they happen to fall to, to them. I just don't think from what we saw, he's a third round pick. A quarterback being drafted in the third round is like a running back being taken in the seventh. You know, I just don't think there's a lot of ties to that. So I, I, I think Now's the cheapest you can get him, so I will yeah. agree with you guys there. I think you're buying almost a free asset. Now, Maddie, you said in Superflex, you know, you're still going to have to give up something mm-hmm. to get him because it's Superflex. But I will say this is the cheapest. I'm just not so sure how high the ceiling can be with this guy. I don't know that he's going to have quite the rushing upside we all hope that he's going to have.
0: You said that he, you know a, a quarterback in the third is equal to a running back in the seventh. So basically what you're saying, Steve, is he's Isaiah Pacheco. And we love yes. Isaiah Pacheco. You know so what? I,
1: what <laughs> I actually almost said that. I like thought it in my mind. I was like, he kind of feels like the Isaiah Pacheco of quarterbacks.
0: Well, we oh, love yeah. Isaiah Pacheco here. But no, I, the <laughs> I point is certainly do. valid. And they're doing their due diligence. They did meet with, I think, Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume it won't stop there. They will meet with all of the quarterbacks. And if someone does slip to seven, it would be hard for them to pass up. I, I do agree. I th- I've been kind of driving this train that the quarterbacks are all going. I think the I think my bold take has been four quarterbacks go with the first four picks in the in the draft. Well, so I'm kind of clinging the, to that, but it's not always going to have obviously going to happen.
1: Especially with the news with the Georgia uh, the number one guy Carter, uh, yeah, Carter, yeah. So that that's actually that's definitely going to push quarterbacks up for sure.
0: And the um, Cardinals said they're getting uh, more interested in moving that pick and sliding back. Mm-hmm. I think that those teams that are, you know, the Fal- if the Falcons are key on a, on a quarterback, I think they're going to have to move up to the one or the three. Yeah. That's just my – my, you know, I'm just speculating here, but overall that's just kind of where my
2: head's at I think.
1: Well, go ahead, Jason.
2: If I may, if I may. No, if you may. can't. Steve Desmond, Ritter, <laughs> Desmond Ritter didn't have Kyle Pitts. It was only Drake London and Olomide Zacchaeus and Cordero Patterson. And Demir Bird that he studs. was throwing to. So, <laughs> studs. Yeah. So, and and you mentioned he only had two passing touchdowns. Those two passing touchdowns was one game. It was, uh, it was, one, it was one game. It was the last game of the season. So I don't, I don't know if that I last game
1: know. of the season helps your argument quite as yeah, much. I don't know. 18 <laughs>
2: game? Yeah. Hey, I With, mean, that's what's propping up. I'm, that's what's propping up Drake London's value. That's what's propping no. up Drake London's value is that he had 100 yards at the end of the season, um, yeah. despite not doing too much outside of the first few weeks. So. Uh, I mean, I I get the hesitation for sure, but, you know, I'm a market man. I'm a
1: market man. And And that's why I was agreeing with, like, yeah, if you're going to get him, yeah, you're not giving up too much for him. As for Chase Claypool, uh, sort of similar. We've just seen him get worse every year from his rookie Mm -hmm. year. Usually you want to see a player start to ascend, and he just seems to be getting a little bit worse. Um, I don't know what it is. He just... Yeah, physically he passes the eyeball test. I just mm-hmm. I don't see – on Chicago, the team that passed fewer than any team in the NFL last year, I don't know that they're going to drastically all of a sudden go to being one of the most pass-heavy teams. I think they'll continue to run a lot, and I think fields will continue to run a lot, and I just don't think – I just don't think you're going to get big performances from Chase Claypool. Like, I I think you're looking at 11 points per game, 12 points per game maybe, you know if you're lucky and he's yet to even average that at any point in his career so i'm just fine with him being on other people's rosters um but maddie i, I don't want to completely crap on your <laughs> on your take here because i do think i
0: a good done guys. He's, he's also I'm free kidding.
1: He's practically yeah. free right now. So <laughs> these aren't, you're not giving up a lot for these these guys. So th- that's what I'll say. I, and you know what? I hope I'm wrong because I, I I want you guys to invite me back.
0: <laughs> when you said 11 or 12 points a game, I was like,
1: damn, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm into that. I like that. I meant to say ceiling.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so those are our buys for tonight. Now let's move on to the sells. In the first round of sells – ooh, I might have buried the lead there. But anyway, Steve is selling – Alvin Kamara on the low. I think we yep. know why. Yep. Jason, uh, he doesn't have a sell com- uh, a candidate today, so uh, we'll just skip him. And I am selling Javante Williams. So, Jason, the floor is yours. Why are you selling Pat Fryermuth?
2: I'm going to start off with a play. I'm All right, on to you, you,
0: Steve. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna, I haven't done this yet. We haven't done this on any show, actually. I'm going to show a video. I'm going to show a video, and you know, feel free to critique me. I think I think I think I am opening myself to critiques here because it's it's a bit much. I'm overvaluing a lot, but let, let's watch this.
0: And if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you check out the video on YouTube so you can see this yeah, play yeah, that Jason's going to play for us
2: all. I'm going to describe this. So this is what could have been a potentially game-winning, at the very least, game-tying touchdown ball going to Pat Fryer Mew's hands, and he drops it, and he drops it. And yes, this was his rookie year, and it was a pass from Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but three defenders all around him perfectly dropped into the basket. An elite tight end brings that in. And Pat Fryermuth is valued as an elite tight end. He's tight end six in our rankings, completely propped up by age. If he was a 26 year old tight end, he's out of here, but he's 24. You know, we're looking at the Steelers offense that, you know, they're, they're going to improve. We just talked about Najee Harris and I think George Pickens is a great receiver, but Let's talk about this sub 60th percentile in all of his workout metrics. And in his two seasons, he's only scored nine touchdowns. Seven of those came in the rookie year. Only two touchdowns last year and 1,200 yards over two years. So averaging 600 yards and four and a half touchdowns over his two seasons. It's just not that great. Don't get me wrong. He's getting plenty of opportunity. But when you're getting plenty of opportunity, you should produce. But he's not. His efficiency is bothering me. 37th in true catch rate. 33rd in target separation. He's not getting away from slow-ass linebackers. And 30th in fantasy points per target, 33rd in QB rating per target. He's literally making the quarterback that is throwing to him look worse than any starting quarterback outside of every team, 33rd. So it's just, it's it, he's not worth the value to me. I, I think he's a fine tight end. I think he's a fine tight end. But, I, I mean, going back to other Steelers tight ends, I would rather have been starting Keith Miller than I would Pat Fryer move. Um, and I, I think you can trade him. Um, Dallas Goddard is lower than him. Dalton Schultz is lower than him, who I think is literally Pat Fryer move ceiling. Um, you could get Dawson Knox plus uh, just to attach yourself to an even better offense that will get more touchdowns for sure. So I'm just – even, even at his peak, I'm just not – I'm not expecting it. And I also don't think he will hit his peak. Really ever? I don't think we're go- he's ever going to hit what we expect him or want him to, and I think that's exactly where we're valuing him is where we want him to be valued.
0: Steve, you want to go ahead and give your piece on Pat Frymuth before I go in on this man?
1: Well, it's it's funny. Jason brings up Heath Miller. This the timing of this is great because I was having uh, dinner with my kids, and my seven year old had we were playing NFL trivia where he reads me questions uh, on these trivia cards. And I see if I can get it right. And one of them that surprised me. Now, this was 2018. It was after the 2018 season. So I don't know if that stat was still current. But Heath Miller, the most receiving touchdowns from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, nice. That was, or sorry, Ben Roethlisberger, his touchdown passes, the mm-hmm. most he's ever thrown was to Heath Miller. I was nice. surprised by that. I thought it would definitely be AB. But, um, no, I agree with that. I think that, I feel like there's something. Every time I've posted anything that has, Pat Fryermuth on it, I feel like everybody is like, oh, he's a stud. Like, yeah. everybody just thinks he's the stud. I think he's fine. Yeah. I think he's a decent tight end. Um, But I think what you've been seeing is what you're going to continue to get. You know, decent produ- production, 10-point-per-game production. You know, I think that's what he will always be. He's never going to put up numbers that we saw, you know, that we've seen from Kittle. I don't think he's going to put up the kind of numbers we might see from Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson. So, I'd probably look to maybe move him and another piece to get one of these other tight ends, like a TJ Hawkinson or okay. a Dallas Goddard. I, I'd I'd try to make that move.
0: Well, I would absolutely do that. I'm not going to sit here and say that I wouldn't try to trade up and get me a TJ Hawkinson. I do like Goddard, but no, I'm not trading him for Schultz. Certainly not trading him for Dawson Knox. We're talking about volume. Volume is king for tight ends. When it's such a crapshoot, give me the guy who gets – you know, the fifth most targets. He has the seventh best target rate. He has the fourth most air yards amongst the tight end position. He has the third most deep targets. So he's getting what you need from the tight end position. He's converting. He's, he's doing the best he can with a quarterback who's learning. And let me tag in my man, Aaron Stewart here from the chat. Pat Frymouth peak hasn't hit yet. picking only through seven touchdowns that will go up. And so will Frymouth TDs. Thank you for the assist there. A stew. I understand what you're saying. He's at potentially a peak, but I think it's more of a plateau than a peak. And that's why I'm not gung ho on selling. If you're telling me that he can just consistently be tight end six to eight, I'm taking that in such a crapshoot position. But if you're telling me that you can trade over and get a Dallas Carter – like, I will take the peaks and valleys of a Dallas Goddard over maybe the plateau of a Pat Frymuth. But when I see what he's talking about, ten points a game, a consistent ten points. When you look through his his game log, he's rarely you know having absolute duddos. He does have them every tight end does. But I what I see from Pat Frymuth is a guy who's not going to be Kelsey. He's not going to be Pitts or Hawkinson or one of these studs. He's just going to be Heath Miller. And if you rostered Heath Miller throughout his career, year in and year out, you had a reliable, startable, good tight end. And then in your tight end premium leagues where receptions matter, he's getting those receptions. He was sixth in the tight end position with receptions uh, right there. And another metric that I do tend to uh, really – I gravitate towards it or the combination of two metrics here on the data analysis tool that I gravitate towards is the combination of yards per route run and unrealized air yards. He was seventh in yards per route run and fourth in unrealized air yards. If those air yards convert just on a a better clip in 2023 and he maintains that top seven yards per route run metric, I think you'll see his production go up. You could see him, get closer to that 1,000-yard mark if Kenny Pickett takes that next evolution. So I think that Pat Frymuth is absolutely uh, not a sell. I would trade him, though. I will say that. I will trade him if you're getting me down, Scotter, because I – this is how I know you know me so well, Jason. You knew I was going to disagree with your take, but you slid in a nugget that I couldn't disagree with because I would agree with that that I'm going with Dallas Goddard. All right, yeah. so that wraps up the Pat mood talk. I'm glad we got through that. I'm glad we got to uh, air out. Our uh, differences, I'm glad that Steve is in between us on the stream. We might have to duke it out a little bit more if we were close <laughs> together this week. So that's. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, it, the discourse is where I think people certainly learn uh, in, in fantasy, in my opinion. So, Steve, why are you selling Kamara when he's probably at a low point?
1: Yeah, I think it's a get-out situation before the bottom completely falls out and there's nothing you can do. Um, <clears throat> my worry is that he gets suspended, you know, that we – He goes to court or the NFL decides, you know what? He's getting a year ban. You know, he's he's this year's Calvin Ridley, you know, and we lose him for a year in what will be his age 28 season. Hmm. Um, I, a few years ago in dynasty had Gronk before his first retirement when he was still with the Patriots. And I remember getting offered like a second round pick for him. And I was like, oh, I'm not giving up, giving him up for a second because the production he gives you, you know, and then he retired. And I remember being like, oh, gosh, what I wouldn't give for that second round pick right now. Yeah. You know, now, granted, in that situation, I actually held him for like a full year. And then he came back and I think I ended up still getting a second for him uh, <laughs> at some point. But I'm just worried that if you hold on to Camara and he gets suspended, uh, we who knows what would happen after that. And and you're just not going to get much from him. And not not to mention, like I said, he turns 28 in July. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw how quickly Melvin Gordon became irrelevant. We saw how quickly Le'Veon Bell became irrelevant. Heck, we kind of seeing how quickly Ezekiel Elliott's becoming irrelevant. So mm-hmm. I'm just worried that we could see the same thing from Kamara. Maybe he plays. He had 14 points per game this year. That's fine. But I think I'd rather at this point cash out, get a second round pick. I feel like that's a, a value you could get for him. I think a first, that's bye-bye. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get a first for him. But I think a second, hopefully an early second. I'd be fine taking that for him right now.
0: I did see on Twitter someone moved him for a mid-second, and I yeah. thought, that's crazy. I would never want to sell this asset at its absolute low. But then the video came out. Then the indictment came Or the indictment came out, then the video came out, however it came out. Mm-hmm. And then I'm with you, Steve. Now I think you just take whatever you can. I don't care if it proves to be $0.65 cents on the dollar. Get out now because the floor is... Is a crater. It could be the end of him as a fantasy viable option. Last year, he still killed it in all the pass catching metrics. If he loses a season, hypothetically goes to a new team, are they going to throw him the ball as much? Is he going to be efficient anymore? Those are the questions that I just don't see being answered, and that's why I'm with you. I am selling at all costs. I do roster him in a couple leagues, and. I hope they're not listening to my the panic in my voice here on this show because <laughs> I'm with you. I, I want to sell before the floor absolutely caves out. Jason, anything you want to add about Mr. Camara?
2: Yeah, I mean it's actually good timing. He went on trial today, or the hearing was today for his court case. Uh, he pled not guilty and the mm-hmm. actual trial has been set for mm-hmm. July thirty-first. So if you if you are looking to get out before anything comes out about, you know, the the like before anything gets set in stone, I guess I should mm-hmm. say, you have until July thirty-first. I will say I, I don't have the balls to do it. I think it's good process. I think it's good process for sure. I just personally, I don't have the balls to do it. I think I'd rather take the risk on the pass catcher, but I, I do want to, I do think it's good process. And mm. if you're going to sell, you have until July 31st. And, and actually I will add this too, because there's a video, it makes it so much worse. Yeah. Um, you know, that like mm. it, when the videos come out, that's when people actually get to attach things to it and, and see it. And um I will say, I will say, the video isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. In the in the grand scheme of things, you've seen some much worse videos and right. this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I I don't have the balls to do it. I just don't. But it is good process.
0: And to Steve's point, if he was 25, 24, yes. and yes. this happened, I would probably just bury down the hatchet, see what happens. But the fact that he might not play again until he's well into his 28th uh, year, yeah, it gets a little bit more dicey here. Uh, okay. I am selling Javante Williams another running back. Uh, the reason why I'm selling him now was I think you'll see a little bit of a spike in his value. Um I can't, I, uh, his name is escaping me right now, but their team builder was over at the Combine taking interviews, taking questions, and he said that, they're, that he's on schedule to start week one. Um, I think that he's full of malarkey. I don't think there's any chance of that, but if there is someone in your league who does believe that they will get Javante now and have a week one starter for the Denver Broncos, I just don't see it. Um, I think the J.K. Dobbins uh, timeline is very much what we will see. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a sunk asset. I don't think he's done or anything like that. But I think when you look at his skill set, it was breaking tackles. It was really being explosive. He wasn't a fast guy. His workout metrics in the 40 and in the speed score are actually well below league average. And if that knee... Even takes more out of that. Takes more speed away from him. It's really going to be detrimental, and he really kind of becomes a, a Michael Turner type of runner, just straight up the middle, trying to smash dudes, which could be valuable. He could score a ton of touchdowns. Uh, but I just, and then you add on the regime change. Sean Payton has no loyalty to Javante. With this running back class being so deep, he could get a, he could take somebody in the draft. He could sign somebody. He could bring in some guys that he thinks fits his vision more, leaving Javante. Kind of the odd man looking, oh, the odd man out looking in when he gets back from his injury. Um, I love the prospect, loved him last year. The injury was absolutely devastating to me and so many people who play fantasy. But I think now is the time to take advantage of the positive news that came out from the Denver Broncos at the combine and try to sell and get you something that's a little bit less risky heading into the 2023 season. Anything either one of you guys want to add about Javante Williams?
1: Yeah, I. I had this point that I would have brought up, but you already brought it up. the the forty time, I know forty time, whatever. But it matters a little bit when you mm-hmm. ran as slow as he did.
0: Mm, you know, right.
1: he ran a four six two, which is like bottom. Like that's that's kind of the threshold. You don't want him running any slower than that. Yeah. <laughs> and he right. ran about as slow as you can run. So I, just the thought of him losing a step isn't exciting to me. Now he's still explosive. He had a good mm-hmm. vertical. He had good broad jump, and his his three cone was was decent, but. And he's a great tackle breaker. He broke yeah. PF's record or grade or whatever for broken tackles. And I think that'll still be there. Um, but next season is he how much will we even see him next year? That was a bad knee injury. Mm. You know, yep. this could be like you said, you just brought up J.K. Dobbins. I feel like we could be getting a J.K. Dobbins 2023 season from Javante. And he's still a very young back, so he's still got plenty of time to come back. But um, I'm just not as Maybe it's I'm a self-loathing Broncos fan, <laughs> but I'm just not super high on him. I'm just kind of eh, okay on it. So if I can get something good for him, I think I'm probably fine selling selling high, like you just said.
0: And to kind of match a, a few of the names we brought up today, I don't think you're that far off from a javante Najee swap. I think you'd have to add to Javante to make it happen. But I think you're sitting at the negotiation table if you bring up Javante for Najee, and that's a swap I'm absolutely looking to make, something mm-hmm. of that nature.
2: Yeah, I like that. Well, and my last thing to add is that the Broncos GM, after saying that Javante will be ready for week one, he also went on to say that they are looking to bring in another running back.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it seems like that has been a common thread throughout the Combine interviews was we need to bring in, we're going to explore the running back position. We don't want our room. We don't want our room to stay stagnant. We want to keep improving the room. We're going to look to do so. So this is the time to do it. I mean, this is a super deep uh, free agent class. This is a super deep rookie draft. So, there are chances to bring in running backs. So, uh, you know, an injury like this, uh, I'm looking to trade. And if I could trade up, definitely, definitely is a good process. Well, so,
1: and the Broncos kind of have a loaded roster other than running yeah, back. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. running backs actually one of their weak spots if you consider Javante's kind of a weak spot in it. So, I, I like that analysis.
0: Yeah. And Sean Payton's looking to win. He doesn't want to rebuild, retool. He's looking to. Yeah. Fix what was broken in 2022 and compete in 2023. And he's not going to sit around and wait for Javante. He's going to attack the position. And that's a great point. They are loaded. They are ready to compete. I don't know if they can win the West because that 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 division is crazy, crazy good. But could they make the playoffs on a wild card or even be even more surprising than that? I think it's definitely within the realm of outcomes. So yeah. uh, that's a good point that you brought up. So that's going to actually no, it's not going to end our sell segment because our guest has a surprise. Sell high candidate, yeah, Rashad White. Steve, tell everyone why you should sell Rashad White on the high. Well, I, you know, I wanted again. I
1: wanted to be a good guest for you guys on, on as the first one. I wanted to come with just a little bit extra, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want to be prepared. So, no, uh, Rashad White, um, I was, I was higher on him like, super high coming into this, his rookie year, but I liked him. And I don't know about you guys, I watched a decent amount of buccaneers games partly i i figured it was going to be tom's last season so i kind of wanted yeah. to watch the yeah. last of tom brady so i got it i went to a book game this year too uh they played the chiefs so i got a lot of tom brady and the bucks games uh to watch this year and rashad white just he just i just got the meh vibes from him like he was super inefficient um the only reason that he was doing decent was because you brought this up earlier, but Tom Brady with the dump off passes, he and Fournette splitting the, the workload. We're still getting like five receptions a game, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think now people are just going to, they're just thinking, Oh, well now he's going to get like 10 receptions per game. Cause Leonard Fournette is gone. Well, but so is Tom Brady. I don't know that yeah. we can just count yeah. on Kyle Trask yeah. or whoever they bring in dumping the ball off to him, you know, 10 times a game. And he just did not look efficient to me. I think this offense is going to take a step back. Um, He's actually an older running back for a rookie. He came in as a 23 year old rookie. So he's going into his age 24 season. And that's not old as far as like mileage on his legs or anything like that. But you guys know you've, you've played dynasty enough. When a running back gets to like 25, people are already like, oh, he's already on the downturn, you know, and he's getting close to that. So I think the most you could get for him might be right now. They could still bring in another running back. So, um, yeah, I'm. I'm just. I want to get out because I'm not. He doesn't blow me away.
0: I just want to really pick, quickly piggyback on on the pass catching aspect of his game. A lot of that was supported by catching passes. He split with Leonard Fournette and still was 11th in the league with 50 receptions. Tom no. Brady threw the ball 733 <laughs> times last year. That was the most in the NFL. Most in with his Kyle- career. Most Exactly. It was the most in Brady's (laughs) career. Brady's been chucking it for years. Over 700 attempts this year. If that number plummets, wow. I mean, we could be looking at a totally different offense. And, you know, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. I've seen number of mocks where the Buccaneers are selecting B. John Robinson in the first. I don't see that happening. But the fact that people in the know, people in the circles are hearing things, hearing whispers that they might be looking at another running back to replace Leonard Fournette does not bode well for Rashad White. And I think now's the time to attack because if the end of the draft Concludes that Sunday the draft ends and the and, and the Buccaneers take a running back in the first three rounds. What you could get for Rashad White is cut in half, maybe even seventy five percent less than what you could get right now. So I'm with you, Steve. I'm selling Rashad White as well. Jason, what are you doing, Rashad White? You going to sell? Are you going to hop on the sell train?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I actually sold it. him a few weeks ago for uh, I I can't remember what I added, but I got DeAndre Swift. Ooh. Um, I, think, I think that's a good. I think that's a fun move.
0: That's a great move. I like it. Yeah. I don't even know if that's selling that. <laughs> that's that's a damn good move. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> before we say goodnight, before we, uh, you know, send Steve off for the for the rest of his Thursday night, we got a couple of questions in the chat that we're going to answer. This comes from Vatican. Vatican? Va- I think Vatican. So in a 12-team start, 11, super flex, half point PPR. His team's awful. He's got Herbert Khalil, not Justin, Keenan Allen, so he's going to trade Herbert and Keenan Allen to get the 102, Devontae Smith,
1: wait, huh? That's super flex. It's, that's probably.
0: Oh, okay. It is, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, my brain shut off,
0: Robert. it is Justin Herbert. I saw the K and thought Khalil. This is how much I like Khalil Herbert. So it is, he's <laughs> trading away Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. So that stack, that that is stack to get the 102, the Slim Reaper, a late twenty twenty four first and sky more Steve. Are you making this trade? Are you, or do you want the Justin Herbert side in Superflex?
1: Because he's saying he took over an orphan and his team is terrible. I'm, I'm going to take the trade Keenan Allen. He isn't going to his age 31 season. Uh, mm-hmm. And he barely played this year. He's, I think we're going to see more injured Keenan Allen. I don't think he's going to be the fact that you're getting something for him right now. I think it's good. Um, I like the one Oh two this year. It, you Take your quarterback there because we know Bijan's going first. So mm-hmm. you could take your pick at whatever quarterback you want there. I love Devonta Smith in his situation. And you're getting kind of, Maddie, like you were saying with your trade from the beginning of the show, you're Appreciate getting a bunch vampire. of assets. And he, if he's a bad team, that's what you need. You, you're not going to win games with just Justin Herbert. So mm-hmm. I, I like this trade a lot. Jason?
2: Yeah. I mean, him saying his team is absolutely awful makes me want to fall in line with Steve. But I just, I hate hate absolutely hate trading away justin herbert i hate it so <laughs> me too um, and like i hate me like I, too it, dude it makes me mad thinking about it but i do love devontae smith and i mean the 102 is fantastic that's your pick mm-hmm. at quarterback because that's gonna be Bijan. none of those quarterbacks are gonna be close to justin herbert but you know 24 i don't you don't know if that 24 you don't know if that 24 first is gonna be late you don't you don't um so you know i think you got to take the assets there but i mean I almost just kind of want to ride the ride Justin Herbert just to do it, but I mean you're getting that you're getting the return you should get if you're doing that. So
0: that's my that's my hangup too. It's Herbert. If he was an older quarterback that was still playing well, you know a Dak Prescott something of mm-hmm. that nature, you're probably not looking at a Kirk Cousin. That's probably not enough value. Uh, of co- of course I do that, but trading Herbert and Superflex, It's really hard for me to do. Even if you stink, I want to build around that. But like you guys said, if he's awful, the assets do matter. You're getting potentially two or three starters, maybe a fourth after the 2024 rookie draft. So it makes sense in a rebuild. But I'm actually going to stick with the Herbert side. I think I'd want to stick with Herbert and build around it, given the fact that it's super flex. I think that's an asset that you may never get back. So, uh, But either way, definitely a fair trade, and either side could be argued and and probably sway me on, on any given day. All right, Productions. Do I trade Traylon Burks and Jahan Dotson? And the 301 for Eckler and McCaffrey. He has the 101, the 103, the 106. His team is unreal with a lot of youth. He also, all right, enough of the humble bragging, Mr. Wright Productions. But should he make the trade? Should he trade Burks, Dotson, and the 301 for those two running backs? This is,
1: this is this even a real trade? This feels mm. like that's such a slam dunk for me. Um, such I know a slam dunk. Eckler yeah. and McCaffrey are old, but I, <laughs> Like this doesn't even, and the fact that he's got all those picks too. Yeah, yeah I want to. Something's going on with this league. I, I have. I'm raising my hand because I have a lot of questions about yeah. this league.
0: I'm. I'm. I'm just waiting for you know the the impractical jokers to pop on or yeah. Ashton Kutcher to tell us he's punking us something like that because this is a slam dunk. I mean, getting yeah. what could absolutely be the the running back one and running back two in 2023 for speculation i mean that's all we really have in those receivers we don't know exactly what they're going to be this year and beyond plus you can get Bijan, and you can get two receivers that are equally as talented in jordan addison in jsn or quinton johnson whatever your flavor is you could absolutely replace them with those early round picks so this is a smash absolutely do this ashton kutcher you're gonna want to do that no doubt about but-
1: it I like how he mentioned the picks that he have, and they are not even relevant to the (laughs) trade. He just wanted to throw that
0: in there. (laughs) Bow bow down to my riches. Yeah, (laughs) Kneel before my riches. Hey, a good humble brag from now and again. You know, I can't hate on it. But that's actually going to wrap up tonight's show. Steve, thank you so much for being the very first guest on The Trade Gods. You absolutely killed it. Your takes tonight were great. I'd say they were even quite godly. So make sure you tell all of our listeners where they can find you on socials, where they can get you content, all of that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so I am I am on Twitter, not as active on Twitter. It's uh, fantasy, uh, fantasy underscore guides. But uh, if you're listening and you're on Instagram, that's where I most spend most of my time, do most of my content. It's just at fantasyguides on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. You'll catch me there. I also have my own podcast, the Fantasy Guides Podcast, where me, my brother, and a college buddy of mine who played college football – we just talk fantasy football for about this long. I think we usually go to about the hour 12, hour 16 mark. So awesome. if you want to hear another podcast talking trades and dynasty and talking all about the rookies, check out the Fantasy Guides
2: podcast.
0: Make sure you guys check that out. Jason, where can people find you?
2: Yeah, spend, again, all my time on Instagram uh, at Roto Underworld. <laughs> That's here. <laughs> um, and, then, and, you know, like you mentioned, I launched a new show this week. on. Yeah, make sure you so plug that morning. show, baby. Yeah, yeah. I got to plug it. So um, every morning, 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, I'm not doing the weekends. Wake and take with me. I drink some coffee and talk about the latest news around the NFL. Just about 20 minutes or so. And, you know, you get it all covered. You really do. Uh, So come join me there. And then, of course, here on Thursday nights. And you can follow my personal Twitter at J Football Line.
0: Make sure you're doing all that. And while you're at it, like this video and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. And go ahead and throw me a follow on Twitter as well. I'm at MattyKewoom. Follow both of the Player Profiler TikTok accounts at Player Profiler and Profiler underscore NFL. And if you love fantasy football, which if you're tuning into the show, you obviously do, make yeah. sure you join the Player Profiler Discord channel where me, Jason, and all the members of the underworld are talking fantasy 20. Oh, seven he's jason i'm at a key we're the trade gods talk to you later peace